Hello and welcome to this episode of the Movies in Focus podcast. I'm Niall Brown. Belgian filmmaker Daphne Bauer's King on Screen is an excellent documentary that puts the focus on the many film and television adaptations based on the work of Stephen King. A must-see for King fans, Bauer looks at these adaptations from the perspective of the people who made them, and the film features interviews with the likes of Frank Darabont, Mick Garris, Mike Flanagan, Tom Holland and many more. Daphne Bayward joins the Movies in Focus podcast to talk about the acclaimed author and detail how her documentary came together and how she managed to score the film's many illustrious talking heads. As always, I hope you enjoy what we have to discuss. Hi, nice to meet you. You too, Daphne. Thank you for taking the time today. Yeah, absolutely. I really, really enjoyed the film. I'm a huge Stephen King fan, so it was sort of really right up my street to kind of hear all these sort of great filmmakers talking about him. So thank you for making it. Well, thank you so much. I'm glad you you enjoyed the film. It was a um, it took some years, so we're happy to finally able to to release it, to be able to release it. Yeah. And where did the idea come from for you? I, I mean, obviously, I presume you are a fan as well. Yeah, absolutely. I discovered Stephen King pretty young and uh, I've seen a few documentaries talking about him as an author and talking a, a lot about the books, but not really much about um, the directors who adapted him. And since he's the most adapted living author, I thought that it could be great, you know, to have a little insight uh, on the films and the people who, who made them. So that's a little bit how I came up with this idea. And then we tried to reach some of the directors and were thrilled because everybody, almost everybody said yes. So yeah, it was an amazing adventure. Yeah, I mean, you've got such a, a variety and a breadth of filmmakers. Um, it must be very difficult for you to cut it down into like an hour and 40 minutes or whatever the film is. How did you manage to be so judicious in your editing? Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> it was very difficult because, you know, at the end we have something like 40 hours of interviews. So when you have so much things, you know, you're like, okay, I'll have to remove stuff. And so it's always a little bit heartbreaking, you know, to to say, okay, I'm, I love this part, but I really have to let it go because you can't space in the final edit. So we we thought a lot about how we would structure the film because I didn't want to have something like an encyclopedia, you know, talking about each film year by year. I thought it would lack some kind of humanity in, in, in a process like that. And I wanted something more uh, emotional with the directors. So we thought about um, having each director um, throwing a ball somehow to the next director and talking about uh, similar topics. And uh, so, yeah, it was something like um, trying to, to make this patchwork work together at the end yeah and as you were saying there sort of making sure that there is a narrative going through the film when you you were developing and devising the documentary 
did you have a rough story that you wanted to tell? Well, or did you just collect the footage and then sort of build it from that? How, how did that work? Well, from the beginning, I knew that there were some topics that I really wanted to talk about. Uh, because when you are watching, well, when you are reading Stephen King's work, you can see that there are a lot of themes that are in a lot of his books, you know, for example, the family unit and how dysfunctional it can be. It's something that is very present in a lot of them, uh, as well as politics, you know, it has a great place in Stephen King's. Uh, work. So I knew since the beginning that I really wanted to dig a little bit some of those topics. And at the end, uh, yeah, it was uh, trying after interviewing um, the directors, it was trying to find the right path, you know, because you have to, to deal with um, how much they give you. In that case, they gave me a lot. <laughs> I was lucky, but you know, it's always like, okay, I'm, I have, I, I have something in mind, and at the end, I will have something, some, sometimes a little bit different, you know, um, according to what they, they, they talk about and what they, they, they felt comfortable to talk also. So yeah. I mean, as a Stephen King fan for you, what what is your favorite Stephen King book and what is your favorite Stephen King adaptation? Uh, the book, uh, the book, it's, it's really difficult <laughs> because there are a lot of them that I really enjoyed. And uh, one of them that is less known is Juma Key. And I think this one is really great. You know, it's not a book that we talk about all the time, but I think the, the main character and um, his existential crisis and everything he's going through is so, you know, you, you feel so much connected to, 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 to that man, I think. And uh, yeah, it's a story that really stick with me a long time. So it's one that I really enjoyed. Of course, it's The Shining. They are pretty amazing as well. Pet Cemetery, I love it. Um, so it's kind of difficult to, to pick just one, but uh, regarding the movie adaptations, uh, it would be The Green Mile because I think it's like a, a movie that is so human and it has something like uh, so emotional in it. And it's really my, my favorite. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Frank Darabont's adaptations. I think uh, they are terrific. Yeah, I mean, there's, you could listen to, I mean, I could have listened to a whole documentary on Frank Darabont talking about Stephen King and making his movies. That, that must have been firstly brilliant to, to get him, but also very tough to edit him down so he didn't kind of outweigh the, the rest of the filmmakers. Yeah, absolutely. It was something difficult because, you know, when you are talking like two, more than two hours with Frank Darabont, you're like, okay, but there's nothing to cut, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's a little bit uh, difficult because you're like, okay, but this is interesting and this is interesting. And, and he's making a lot of connections, you know, uh, in the film because he's talking about his work, but also uh, making a great connection with uh, George Romero, for example. Uh, because he talked a lot about the Night of the Living Dead. And, and so it was so interesting, you know, because he was um, able to talk, uh, he, he's, 
he knows so much about the genre and about Stephen King and Stephen King adaptations that it was very like having him was like okay it's it's great for the film because I know that we are going to be able to to dig you know yeah and then another filmmaker you have on there which I've interviewed him in the past and there's he's, he has a reputation for being the nicest man in horror is Mick Yaris <laughs> Yeah, um, for sure. yeah. I mean, it, it was brilliant sort of seeing him at the, the opening of the film as well. How did you talk him into not only being an interview subject, but also putting in a, an acting appearance? How did, how did that come about? Oh, that's a funny story. And it's the first time that someone mentioned um, McGarris at the beginning of the film. So I'm thrilled. <laughs> Thank you for that question. Uh, well, actually, we were talking with uh, my producer, uh, Sebastian Cruz. And I wanted to have something like very um, a Stephen King universe kind of character that would uh, be blind and reading a book at the same time, you know, th that kind of thing, like really disturbing. And we were thinking, okay, who should we ask to play that role? And we were thinking about it and uh, he told me, I know you should ask Nick. I was you're right, he's perfect for this, you know, with his amazing long hair. Yeah. I thought it, he, he's perfect to do it. So we sent him uh, a nice email um, saying that he would be perfect and we would, we would be thrilled to have him on set in Maine, you know, and he said yes. And we were like, okay, that's so great. We, we, we are going to have Mick in the a fictional introduction is going to be amazing, you know. And he came on the set, and it was so nice because that's true. His reputation is right. He's the nicest guy, and uh, yeah, we he he played a role, and it was yeah, it was so so great having him on set, and we were able after to 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 talk a lot in the afternoon. So it was uh, amazing, yeah. Yeah, actually, I mean, another thing, sorry, about the introduction oh. that is um, an interesting Easter egg is the fact that um, Greg Nicotero lent us the Crypt Show uh, doll. So oh. the doll that we can see in the Crypt Shop is actually Greg Nicotero's. That, that, whole, that whole sequence, that opening, I thought was so well realized. In fact, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if you've got an intention, but surely you've you could make a really good Stephen King adaptation yourself, not just a documentary. Is, is that something you've got within you or an aspiration to do? Oh, it's something I would really enjoy uh, to do for sure. I would be thrilled to do it. Um, I'm not sure exactly how it could happen, you know, uh, who knows, but uh, yeah, it's something I would be thrilled to do for sure, absolutely. That's it, because that, that opening was, the atmosphere was so good and it was so well realized with so many sort of interwoven little sort of Stephen King nods that, and, and in a sense, I was almost disappointed that the documentary started <laughs> because <laughs> I was enjoying it so much, you know. Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm so glad you, you liked it because we, yeah, we put a lot of work uh, in, a, in that somehow short film, I would say. And uh, even the ending, we really wanted to have like this kind of uh, Stephen King tone, you know, at the end with the humor. 
and uh, going into the mist. And so it was really something that we worked a lot on because we really wanted to go completely into this and having actors that played in previous Stephen King adaptations as well. And uh, having Jeffrey Deman and Amy Irving, Alexandra Paul, Miko Yu, I mean, so many great actors that were in previous adaptations and even um, um, James Khan at the, the beginning that we can hear. Um, it, it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty amazing to be able to do all that. And we were like, oh, we are so lucky, you know? That's it. it. It really just adds something different to it just being a regular documentary about a subject. It, it, it sort of added a little sort of a cheekiness to it as such, you know, that made it enjoyable. So, no, I, I really enjoyed that. Oh, great. Thank you. Yeah, we really wanted to give, you know, the audience the feeling that they were entering into Stephen King universe before uh, talking with all the directors. So we thought, ah, oh, that should be great, you know, kind of surprising because when you 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 play the film, you, you, you don't expect seeing something like, you're like, what? I'm in the documentary? Is it the right film? Or where am I? So <laughs> we thought it could be, it could be great, you know, to, to, to try something new. And uh, yeah, we are pretty glad to, to have done it, yeah. And another thing, I mean, the, the film was sort of partly funded by crowdfunding, which must be an incredible mm -hmm. amount of hard work for you as a filmmaker and for your team. Tell me how that came about and what it was like sort of navigating the pitfalls of crowdfunding a film. Well, actually, uh, I we we got the chance to have a tv channel in france supporting the film but at the same time uh, the the budget was very low and especially for what we wanted to do and uh, we didn't want to do like something like 50, 50 minutes you know like uh, the, which is the standard for tv channels to to finance so we were like, okay, we want to do something crazier. We want to really go into this. We we want to do like if we are going to make this movie, we, we want it to 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 we want to give it its chance somehow, you know. And um, so we thought uh, with the with the producer Sebastian Cruz, we really worked on that, and we were like, okay, what are our options, you know? And um, during all the making of the film, we had this nice community that we created on Facebook, you know, uh, to, to, to give news about the making. And so at the end, we thought, okay, we, we should, you know, what, make some crowd, crowdfunding and see if we can have some extra money, you know, to, to finance the fictional introduction, for example, because shooting in Maine with, um, you know, all the, 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 the crew that you need to make it possible and the actors and you can't do it for free. So we, we thought that could be a great adventure and it was something like so human, you know, it was an amazing experience because you are living it and you are talking with all the fans that helped this movie being made and you are keeping them updated and when you have a great news you can share it with them so it's a, a feeling that is so it's it's so thrilling you know because you know that there are people behind 
helping you and uh, supporting you not not only on a financial way but also you know like um saying okay guys you you've got this you you you're gonna make it happen we sure we, we believe in you so it was really a nice experience and i will uh, i'm so grateful for everyone who um put put uh, their their hands into this because they they really helped us a lot and and making something like this i mean it it doesn't happen overnight how long did production take from when you first conceived of the idea to kind of finishing it? How, how long was that whole journey? Uh, it was pretty long because I got the idea in 2019, actually, um, October. Um, and we started reaching the, to the directors some, sometimes in December when we were sure about everything that we wanted to do. But after, um, well, everything was ready. Uh, we had everybody scheduled and then there was COVID. So we had to postpone everything. So we had a one year that was like, okay, okay, it should be okay. Now we, we should plan and then, oh no, it's going bad again. So we were like, okay, so we can't do it yet. So uh, between 2019 and uh, actually last year when we finished the film so it was like three very intense years uh, making that project happen yeah that's that's quite a while and now you're you're out selling it so it must be quite nice to sort of have finally finished it yeah absolutely i'm thrilled because it's the first time that i'm working so much um, on a film actually uh, due to covid for sure because it's you know it's not only the time that it takes it's uh everything takes more time you know even on the financial way to 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 to, to make this film happen so yeah it, we are so thrilled because we are okay finally we are able to put it on the screen and seeing the film being released and everything and we are like okay yes we we did it we we finally <laughs> we finally did it so yeah and just finally, what's next for you now that you're, you're you've done you're finishing up the press for this? Have you have you got anything that you're currently working on or anything lined up? Well, actually, I just finished another film about uh, Hitchcock and Steinbeck and their collaboration on the film Lifeboats, and it's called Hitchcock's uh, Pronazi film because it was considered at the its release as aiming. Uh, I mean. Um, some kind of controversial, you know. So uh, this film will be premiered at the Venice Film uh, Festival here uh, in um, September. So we are so lucky about that. Uh, I, I, I look forward to that one and, and hopefully we can catch up when you're, you're doing the publicity rounds for that too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. So yeah, that's the, that's the, the next film. So yeah, we are really excited. <laughs> Well, that's great, Daphne. Again, thank you for your time. And like I said, I really enjoyed the film. I, I thought it was so entertaining and so sort of informative. So it was, it was a, gr a great watch. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad you, you liked the film. Thank you. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> Bye, have a good day. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Movies and Focus podcast. You can download it wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope that you tell your friends about it. That's it for this time. 
and I'll see you at the movies.